Step into the shadowy realm where the veil between the living and the dead grows thin, and the line between reality and nightmare becomes blurred. In Sleep With The Lights On, terrifying first-hand accounts of paranormal experiences, we plunge headfirst into a chilling collection of true tales that will haunt your dreams. Brace yourself as ordinary people recount their encounters with the supernatural, from encounters with malevolent spirits to inexplicable phenomena that defy all rational explanation. These are not your typical bedtime stories. These are the eerie whispers from the darkness that will make you sleep with the lights on. Join us as we delve into the depths of the unknown, exploring the sinister side of the paranormal. Prepare to be gripped by spine-tingling accounts of haunted houses, ghostly apparitions, and encounters with things beyond our realm. Each story is a window into a world where the unexplained reigns supreme, leaving its mark on those who dare to bear witness. Immerse yourself in these creepy paranormal tales as we bring you first-hand experiences that will make your blood run cold and leave you questioning the very fabric of reality. Sleep with the lights on, for you never know what might be lurking in the shadows. Entering the realm of the Freaky Deaky, an unsuspecting stop at the crossroads of fantasy and reality, where the frayed edges of make-believe seep into this cookie-cutter, white picket world you've been led to believe is far from extraordinary. What you're about to hear are true stories. <clears throat> Alleged true stories. Christian, just... <sighs> okay. Tales of the strange and inexplicable thought only to exist in film and folklore. Although difficult to accept, we do not know everything about this reality, about time or space, what lies beneath the ocean's depths. And try though we might, the unchanging truth remains. There are some things we legitimately cannot explain logically. vampires in the shadows oh what we do in the shadows close enough welcome back to the freaky deaky we're here guys we did it 150 episodes deep and we thought for this one we might do uh, a little something different this is kind of a look into the future of the youtube channel we are working on a few different series that we're going to be filming and this is actually one of them sleep with the lights on it's going to be a youtube series in the future that is we're going to film full episodes and put it out for you guys to enjoy over on the YouTube channel. So if you are not subscribed, do so. I don't know when volume two is going to come out, but it will at some point. If you hit the bell, you'll get an alert when it comes out. That's right. Yeah. Just hit that bell. Just ring my bell. No, it's fine. Wow. Yeah, I know. 150 episodes, man. That's a lot. Looking back over the years of this podcast, Christian, do you have favorite episodes? Do you have an episode that kind of sticks with you over the last? There's 150, man. There's a ton of them. I like Bigfoot episodes. Yeah. Bigfoot episodes are fun, man. The stories and stuff that we've shared on the Bigfoot episodes oh, are yeah. always fun. Oh, yeah. Those are always a hitter. And we got a few more Bigfoot episodes in the chamber, too. So some quality Bigfoot content coming your way. If you guys have a favorite episode that you've heard over the past three seasons, let us know. Find us on social media at Freaky Deaky Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just slide into those DMs if you feel like it, you little pervert, and let us know. Or simply comment on the posts. And 
share some of your favorite moments from the show. If you guys got favorite episodes, we want to hear about it. Civil War Bigfoot. Was that your favorite? I think so. Yeah, that was just, a pretty good one. That was just because it was, I'd never thought about that perspective. And then when I, it was like, why wouldn't we look at the Civil War? Yeah, exactly. But all that is a roundabout way of saying just thanks to everyone that has tuned into the show, you know, that has gotten us to episode 150. As I mentioned last week, we are going episodic from here on out. So this is episode 150. Next week is going to be 151. We're done with seasons. We're just going to do a weekly episodic show. What comes after 151? Uh, that'd be 158. Okay. That's so, what I thought. Yeah. So thank you for that. I just, I also want to thank all of our listeners, whether they be humans or aliens. Thank wow. you. Wow. You would. I you mean, would. they're among us. They are among us. That is true. And we're going to discuss that on future episodes as well. Next week, probably. Oh, there you go. Hey, look at that. But yeah, so huge shout out to everyone that's been along for the ride. It's been a fun time. A lot of sleepless nights. Not for me. Not for you. A lot of work has gone into the show. And to hit 150 is such a kind of like a nice landmark for us that, you know, take a moment to appreciate it and appreciate the listeners that made it possible. So uh, without any further ado, we're going to get into volume one of Sleep With The Lights On. I have no clue where this is going. It's essentially Asleep with the Lights On is just going to be a bunch of scary stories. You know, we come across a lot of themed episodes. We do a lot of themed content where we stick to very specific topics and just kind of branch out from there. But Sleep with the Lights On is pretty much if it's creepy, we want to talk about it. So there's no specific topics that we're going to touch on. It's just a, a hodgepodge of creepy experiences from folks. And if you have a story of your own that you think would fit in with the theme of Sleep with the Lights On, then send it in to the gang at thefreakydiggy.com. We always love hearing from you guys. Now's your chance. Now's your chance to send in your spooky encounters. Interesting fact. I slept with some sort of light on well into my 30s. Uh, yeah, I probably will well into my grave because I've just seen enough stuff over the years that I'm like, you know what? I don't anymore, but I need darkness. Hello, darkness, Christian's friend. Yeah. So, yeah, welcome to episode 150. Let's crack right into it. This one is from Cloisterphobic. <laughs> ah. And it's titled, He Has No Face, Just Hair. That's not good. I was working at a summer camp in the Pacific Northwest one year. On the second or third night there, I was jogging alone back from the staff campfire to the cabin, where the campers and my co-counselor slept. I'm walking in this big grassy throughway that has some taller reeds separating it from a shore of the Puget Sound. It's probably 2 a.m., full moon. As I'm jogging, I see this person in the reeds. It's wearing a white gown and it has no face, just hair. I only noticed it because as I approached it, it stood up from a crouched position, backed up joltily a few steps, then crouched down again but I could still see it crouching there like it was waiting. Its movements told me that it was not human. My knees gave out and I felt flooded with fear as I collapsed. I tried to run back to my cabin, but my legs would not work. I crawled and scrambled there on all fours. I tried to scream, but no sound came out, just gasping. I finally got to my cabin and fumbled with the doorknob for what felt like a minute before I could open it. I closed the door and stood there waiting for a while inside. I didn't hear anything, but I barely slept. At some point later that night, I remember laughing, thinking, oh, it was just one of the campers peeing. I was hysterically laughing at myself for like 20 minutes, then fell asleep. Next morning, though, I realized that no campers returned to the cabin that could have potentially been out there peeing that night. 
I asked all of them, and all of them said they hadn't gone out to pee the previous night. I'll add that this was a camp that was overtly for non-religious, skeptically-minded staff and campers, of which I was and still largely am. So it was a science camp. I know, pretty much. <laughs> okay. But I have no explanation for what I saw that night, and it still scares the shit out of me just typing this. I thought we were getting a Bigfoot story. Yeah, you'd think so, huh? Yeah. Because I had no face, just hair. But that's a really creepy image. It's just something's kind of like just crouched down, and then it stands up, jolts back a few feet, and then crouches down again. And then uh, basically paralyzes parts yeah. of this guy's body or makes him so out of sorts that he like stumbles his entire way back to the cabin. Well, I yeah. mean, I can, you get like a sense of like dread and like fear where you're just like, Oh God, like when you're overcome with that, that your body's just like, nah, you're good, man. It's like, he's all of a sudden he or she reacted like, like maybe a, a rabbit that just came across a predator and just dropped Yeah, out of fear. It's like, this is the move. This is it right here. Yeah. That is kind of crazy. Your entire body just gives up function. It's like, yeah, just play dead. Now, that's the rational explanation that should be used at this camp. Mm. But what really happened is this spirit or demon or whatever yeah. put, had some power over him and was trying just, I got the power to paralyze you and take your soul. But I'm not going to do it this time, but I want you to know. That's a little demonic. Yeah. What do you think would happen if instead of running back to the cabin, they just sat there and like looked at it? Like, do these things, do you think it's something that, they don't have the ability to go after you, but they do have the ability to feed on your fear. And so if you just stand there and stare at it, it's like, well, I'm not getting anything out of this. So it just vanishes or disappears into the night. I think there's something, look, I think that would have, like if I walk into a, a haunted room, things goes to be like, uh, it's useless with him. He'll rationalize it. Yeah. Let's go to the next room. Surely there's someone there that, that can be scared shitless now. Yeah. Cause yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talk about entities that feed on fear or, like that type of energy, you know? So I just, I always wonder about these where nothing really happened. Literally all this person saw was something crouched down, stand up, crouched down again, no face. That's it. Beginning and end of actual experience. But the moments surrounding that is terrifying. I still feel like these kind of experiences or seeing things like this is, is looking, is like piercing the veil mm. and seeing into a different dimension or time yeah. or space. But even that, what are you seeing? Like, what are they doing? They're just crouching there? That's all they do is crouch and maybe you're not getting the whole picture. Maybe the yeah, maybe, maybe they drop their keys and they're like, yeah. "Oh shit, let me grab these." Oh, maybe, it's a few feet back. Let me jolt back there. Yeah, maybe it's after their baby ate and they're crouching down, cleaning up everything around it, and all mm. you see is the crouching thing. Topical, yeah, very topical. Something, just things you don't want to see. Yeah, like um, I sit here and talk like mm. I wouldn't be scared, but I haven't really seen anything that scary. And I think I think it's impossible not to be scared if you if you actually do witness something like that. Because you're so used to the standard human form, right? And so if you see any variation of that, no face, just a bunch of hair, creepy ass white gown, jolting. Uh, yeah, nope. That is uncanny. And count me out. I have a picture on, or a poster on the bathroom door and the door was shut one night. And I'm walking down the hall, I think to get some water in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. and it was dark. And I knew the poster was there, obviously, but it still look like something somebody next to me for a split second and my yeah my whole body just tensed up for a split second and i'm like laughed at myself it's all right you know the uh the glass door in eagle river yeah. on the front door there was multiple times where while i was opening that my own reflection made me think that a bear <laughs> or something was walking along the fucking <laughs> the side and I, as soon as i opened it up like oh fuck i'm like oh that's me it's yeah. me again it's just me oh my gosh you're like a dog yeah well you're over. a dog
Yeah, man, calls worse. This uh, this next one has a bit of a it's a it's a really short one, but super creepy, and it's got a trigger warning like losing babies. So if that is not your speed, check the timestamps because you can just skip to the next story. That's called. He's ours now. Ooh, I don't yeah, like this one exactly. already. See, you're already against it. Yeah. And I was, look, I'm not a fan of it, but it fits this episode very well. And it goes, this is from Night Times. My mother told me when she was pregnant with my brother, she used to get crazy nightmares of shadow figures that kept harassing her two to three times a week, claiming that they are coming for him. She never understood what it meant until she gave birth to my brother, but eight weeks premature. He unfortunately didn't make it. Parents had to make the decision to pull the plug and let him rest peacefully. Two days after that whole ordeal, she had the same nightmare, but instead they were taunting her saying, we got him, he's ours now, and never had a single one of those nightmares again. That was 20 years ago. Dude, that like gives me actual full body chills. Like just hearing, it's just a paragraph, but it, fuck my shit up let me tell you because ooh, i have goosebumps right now but like literally there's a story and i could never find it i've heard it a couple times i i looked and looked and looked but i couldn't find it but it was like these missionaries i think they went to africa right and similar situation but there was an actual entity in their house that was trying to take like the the wife was pregnant and this entity was trying to take the baby and it just messed me up knowing that that's even a possibility in like a, the paranormal world, anything like that, that these entities can actually try to take you or take your children from you before they're born, all that stuff. And I forget what it was, but similar wording and very creepy. And I wish so bad if someone has heard that story and knows where to find it, send it to me because that, again, like this one just fucked me up. I was like, oh, no, no, no. And I think China actually heard that one, too, because she she talked about it. It must have been on another podcast at some point, you know. I want to help everybody out here. Would be mothers, soon to be mothers, future mothers. Mm-hmm. There's thing; those things don't take your babies. That's not the not reality. Things not coming out of the the demon realm to take your baby, no matter what. I mean, spiritual or religious yeah. people tell you. If, of course, if you're I, listening, I don't believe in demons. So that let so me that, let me yeah. put that out there. Sure, but I'm telling you, there's no demons coming to get your baby. In this case, a mother knows that there was an issue with their baby in utero, in my opinion. And those were the dreams that were manifesting. And someone like your mom who has interpreted dreams would Mm -hmm. probably say something similar in some ways. She might have a different view too. Yeah, but it'd um, be a different view for sure. But but mothers know when there's a problem in a lot of cases. And so like, so if this baby was gonna be born eight weeks premature, somehow the mother knows that there's a problem and those dreams would manifest in scary ways like this. And, I hope, I hope. And obviously neither of us can be 100% certain. I can say this though, if you do lose a child and you're religious and you believe that, oh, the child's not gonna go to heaven because it wasn't baptized or some shit, that's bullshit. Yeah. That's bullshit. I, that's 100% bullshit. Don't believe that, don't don't take that on, don't wear that, it's not true. Right, and not true. even me who was baptized very young because mm-hmm. of that for that some one of that simple reason exactly it's still not true yeah if you believe in a god that looks at a baby who cannot walk eat or talk and says oops <laughs> you weren't dipped in water my bad sorry yeah. then you, you weren't believe dipped in, the wrong in god. special water yeah you weren't d- dipped in blessed water but yeah still creepy man no, super it, it's an and just if there if we have pregnant listeners of the show i am so sorry but yeah don't 
think about that. Sleep with the lights on is what I'm trying to say. I mean, yeah, <laughs> sleep with the lights on. You're safer that way. But that is true. Demons only come for your babies in scary movies. Mm. Uh, they were, and also in a few real stories that I've heard. But well, here's the thing: yeah. most demons are smart enough to wait till at least the teenage years when real damage can be. When like, hey, you like heavy metal? Yeah, you like going against the system? Check this out. Do you like wearing pentagram earrings? Mm. Of we got we got a place for you. Yeah, he opens up his leather jacket and he's like, which ones you want, friend? Yeah. yeah, that is easily one of the most terrifying stories I've read. It's worse once you become a parent. I know, yeah. I just, I'm sitting there thinking like, ooh. ooh, ooh. Scary. There, You reach another level of scary once you become a parent. Yeah, in, and in we're not world. just talking changing poopy diapers, though that is scary all on its own. You know what, though? You haven't noticed that after a while of changing them, half the time you don't even, it's not even that big of a deal anymore. Yeah, but he's also not at the stage like when he's like two or three before potty training where he's shitting like a full-grown man so that is what i worry about by then your senses will be off by then i'll have nothing left to live for and i'll just be like oh here we go again yeah. <laughs> yay it's like going to work right now shitty diapers shitty diapers yeah actually no it's like working for somebody else because hmm. i don't feel like that like when we're working on the podcast hmm. yes. i mean it's hard sometimes and it hmm. You know, stuff like that, especially for you, who does all the, the hard work. Yeah, well, I can definitely agree to that, sure. But yeah. it's probably not the same as doing work at work. Oh, no, it's a million times better. Yeah. Which is why we try to get this podcast as out there as we can. You know, we try to spread the word out. Because if, if there comes a day where you and I can either like fly to different places in the country and look into funny shit and film it, funny shit, paranormal, weird, scary shit, but we'll make it funny. And we don't have to worry about going back to our day jobs or, you know, worrying about paying the bills and all that shit and things are just kind of taken care of. That's the American dream. And that's what we're trying to do here. My American dream is to... To work on the podcast, talk about scary demons and Bigfoot and aliens, and then be like, okay, we're done recording. I want to take my grandson to the park. There you go. Very simple life. You know where I won't take my grandson? To the park. No, to, oh. to see clowns. Yeah, probably a good idea. And there's actually a clown story in here, so I'm glad that you- Nice. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even know that. You didn't know that. You're right. You are correct. For but, those of you that don't know, we a lot of times we do these stories and we don't tell the other person what yeah, what's in it. Literally, it's- the episodes where Christian reads everything and I just hark on him, I don't know anything that's in the episode unless he makes me read a paragraph. And same for these. I just don't even share the stories with him anymore. I'm like, we're doing this. And he's like, okay. And then he says something like, Scott is so brilliant. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but you don't have to say that every time. But he does. That's fine. You know, it's that little sound bite is like if I was being interviewed by somebody that just cut out the whole rest of the context. Hmm. That whole Scott, it's like sarcasm. Yeah, yeah, Scott was so brilliant. It was probably a joke. There's a lot of passion behind it. Okay. okay. If that's it, if you know what? If that's what you need to get through the day. I agree. This next story is from SB Potamus. And it's called The Renegade Shadow. My husband and I rented a house about seven years ago. Everything was normal when we first moved in, but after the first year, we both started to notice some strange occurrences. Most of the activity seemed to be focused around me. Lucky me, right? It started off small. I would be upstairs on the computer and hear a man's voice say, hello, behind me. I brushed it off as me just hearing the neighbors outside. Then lights would get turned on and doors would open by themselves. The house was a Cape Cod style and there were dormers for storage on the second floor. The one dormer door would never stay closed even though it had a latch that had to be slid across in order for it to be unlocked. Also, 
For whatever reason, this dormer had a light with a red light bulb inside. It was like that when we moved in and we never cared to change it. Anyway, this light would come on by itself and the red light bulb just made it seem extra creepy. The last few months we lived there, things got worse. I would wake up to a dark figure standing next to my side of the bed. I refused to sleep upstairs unless my husband was with me. The straw that broke the camel's back was finally one night when headed up for bed the scariest experience that we had while living there. The moon was shining brightly into the room and just as we settled in, I decided I needed to use the bathroom. I got up and started walking and heard my husband yell, holy shit, what just happened? I dove stealth mode back into the bed to be informed that my shadow moved independently of me and ran out of the room without me. Then we both started to see balls of light fly across the ceiling. We moved shortly thereafter and I shudder to think how things might have escalated after that night. That would definitely make me yell, holy shit, what just happened? Can you imagine that someone getting out of bed and like you see their shadow cast on the wall and then as they walk to the bathroom, the shadow just goes out, just leaves the room. It's like, you know what? No, I'm going to go use the guest bathroom. What if that stuff yeah. happened all the time, but we just didn't notice it? Because if there's I think to entities, some extent it does. Yeah, if there's entities around, yeah, you know, maybe they don't cast a shadow, but maybe that's what your brain tells you it is. What if that's something latching onto you? You know what I mean? Like, and so it almost like, uh, it acts as like, uh, I can't think of the right word, but the, the entity latching onto you is your shadow pretty much. I had this, there was one time I was, and I'm pretty sure I've talked about it, but it's been a while. Um, I used to go for walks back home when I lived with my parents in California. And there was one time I was walking and I had a shadow and I had seen the shadow the entire time I was walking. Cause the, I want to say the sun was like setting on the left side of me. And so my shadow was cast to the right. At a certain point in the walk, I remember kind of turning my head to the right a bit, and I see another shadow from behind me, but it's moving faster, and it's like speed walking up to where I'm at. And I jumped so fucking high. If there was a recruiter for the NBA, they would have been like, get him now. And I was only 5'11". But literally, like, I saw my shadow walking my normal pace, and then behind it, like, still attached to me, was a second shadow that was like moving super fast and coming up. And there's only a couple ways that could happen rationally. And that's if a car is coming from a specific angle, if there's something like casting a second light and moving fast, then it would make my shadow move faster. There was no cars around. There was nothing around that could have made this happen. But it was the most terrifying five seconds. You go in an immediate like fight or flight. Like, am I gonna have to beat someone up? Is someone gonna try to rob me right now? And then you turn around, there's nothing there. That would be terrifying. That would be terrifying. And as the person that experienced it, it was. Shadows are definitely something that has gone through the lore mm. of humanity i think it really do be like led that. the stories yeah you know who's really fascinated by shadows vampires your, your son that's true i do shadow puppets for him on the wall sometimes yeah when i'm outside with him he'll he's really fascinated by shadows maybe mm -hmm. he's seeing something we don't see like the videos of the babies that see their shadow and try to run away from it all scared like ah like, dude that's you ah <laughs> like bruh come on he doesn't get he, he's not afraid of it he's just as fascinated by it yeah that's kind of funny. But what if he's seeing something we can't? Well, I think that's usually the case. Yeah, especially with babies. Yeah, when he starts talking a lot, he's like, my friends tell me. I'm like, you don't have any friends though, right? And then he's like, oh yeah, they just told me not to mention them. Mention they just them. hang out in the closet at night. Like, oh, that's cool. They read my books. Yeah, how about they keep them there? They read my books. This one's about me. Mm -hmm. The Banshee book is all about me. And that's when we burn the house down. <laughs>
And that's when we, when that, that's when we head to Knoxville. Yeah, funny story for our listeners. Uh, Tony from the Confessionals has been trying to get me to move out to him since he moved to Tennessee. He's trying to do like a Rogan thing, I guess, bring all the paranormal podcasters around him and take over the world. I'm I'm all for that. I know, and it's been kind of like a it's been like a running joke, but just with the shitty winter we had. And then it led into an even shittier summer where it's been nothing but gloomy for three straight weeks. And you have one day of sunshine and that's gloomy and rainy. One day of sunshine. It's been like four or five weeks. And the mosquitoes are absolutely horrendous this year. So my wife has actually been, she was like entertaining the thought of moving to Knoxville. And she was like, you gotta, you know, you can reach out to Tony and tell him if we have another shitty summer, then we'll, we'll move out there. So that means we have to bring Christian. And then now everyone is sending us houses in Knoxville. And Tony's like, Hey, I'll get my real estate agent on it. Tell me your budget. I'm like, bro, this is not happening right now. I, I'm getting like, lobbied to convince you guys Lake Orion, Michigan. And it's not going to happen. I'm sorry. I'm not a Michigander, but who's to say what happens in the future? So if you're listening, tell us your thoughts. What do you think we should do? Yeah. Do we leave Alaska? Cause I have a business that's branded AK. I can't exactly. I, and to change the name to TN would be kind of weird. You could still keep the same brand. That's true. People are like, oh, this is Alaskan product shipped from Tennessee. Very cool. Very cool. The, the concept the company was started in Alaska. There you go. Be, but because of the the financial meltdown, we decided to move here mm. to provide better product. But we still have the company in the spirit of Alaska. You're welcome. I I just saved your business. Um, it's going to take a lot more than that to save the business. But I did tell China that technically my net worth would be a lot higher outside of Alaska because Alaska is so damn expensive. So people that run the same business as I do are probably like five times more wealthier than I am because they don't have to pay outrageous shipping fees and shit doesn't cost a million dollars. You know, Alaska is beautiful and it's, it's, it's a great place, but there are things like shipping. Yeah. It's the worst. We don't have tax state tax, Yippee! but we have state shipping, which basically is the same thing. That is true. And now that that concludes the Alaska segment of sleep with the lights on. We are currently sleeping with the lights on because of the sunlight's out all the time. So it's kind of tough. It's hard to sleep with the lights off. This, uh, this next one comes to us from Diggs Dows. It's called, It's Your Turn. A few years ago, I moved into a one-bedroom apartment in Melbourne, Australia. Ooh, you pulled off that one. I know. I pull off pretty much everything I do because I'm the best. It was my first time living on my own. I hope I don't fuck up in the next couple paragraphs. The apartment, the apartment block had been built in the 1930s. I'd been there for a few months when I came home from work one day and went into the bathroom. I saw something strange, a wooden board which had covered a hole in the ceiling that led to a small attic space lay fractured in two pieces on the ground. I examined the pieces. The board was an inch thick and it would have taken Bruce Lee to break it. I thought the landlord had sent someone to work on the attic. I was frozen stiff with fear. Someone is up there for sure, I thought. I emailed pictures to the landlord asking if anyone had been there with an undertone of annoyance since she hadn't warned me. Her reply read, please call me as soon as you are able to. I called and she explained that her last two tenants had said the same thing happened. She promised to replace the board and she did. A month later, I woke up one night around 4 a.m. My body was covered in goosebumps. It felt like someone was rubbing his or her hands on me. Everything was silent, but then I heard a dragging sound coming from above my bed. It was as if someone was pulling a sack of potatoes. I froze, convinced someone was up there. There's no way an animal could make that sound. After five minutes, I worked up the courage to turn on the light, armed myself with a cricket bat, 
and walked to the bathroom and said, good eye. Come on down now. That's probably exactly what he said. Yeah. I apologize for Scott's bad accent. If you guys are listening in Australia. Naro? I know we do have Australian listeners too. So you can send in call 801-997-0051 with your cheesiest California accent. Ooh, that would be awesome to hear from yeah, somebody just a else. bunch of Australians tuning in back. What's up, bro? That yeah. would be so cool. <laughs> That's when I saw the new board covering the hole was broken in two. I felt sick. The dragging sound had stopped, but I heard something else, whispering. The sound was clear and coming from the attic. It sounded like children's voices, and I could hear one sentence repeated over and over. It's your turn. It's your turn. I switched on every light in the apartment to make things feel normal. It was 5 a.m. and dark outside. I watched TV to try to unwind, then a fuse blew. My pet budgie, Dexter, I think is a bird. It is a bird. My budgie? I can't. I'm, you know, I'm gonna stop trying the accent. It's not working. I annoy the shit out of China doing exclusively British and Australian accents about three quarters of the day. So I get it. Man. You would think I'd have more a little more uh, if, experience with this. But if, you were more, if you were more skillful at it, it probably wouldn't annoy China. The plan was actually just to talk an Australian accent so long that my son just thinks that's what English is. And he's raised with an Australian accent. And everyone's like, is he from Australia? And I say, no, that's just what I do. Uh, and they're like, oh, so you're just a horrible parent. I say, yeah, that's the one. Yep. That's the stuff right there. Anyway, then a fuse blew. Me pet budgie Dexter. My, my, I'm, I'm done. My pet budgie Dexter, whom I kept in the kitchen, usually never made a sound at night, but he started squawking like he was being strangled. I'd never heard him make these sorts of noises. He was screaming. I grabbed my car keys, said, fuck Dexter, ran out, sat in my car and waited there until the sun came up. Wait, he left the bird? He didn't actually say fuck Dexter, but I added that. But yeah, he did leave the bird. Mm -hmm. No wonder you have demons in your attic. Oh. The bird's like, get him. I was, I, when I first read the story, I had this feeling that the bird was going to be saying, it's your turn or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Oh, that'd be terrifying. You know, it'd be amazing. It's a good, scary movie. That would mm. be amazing. I'm not going to say it all here because I, I think we steal the idea. Yeah, yeah. I think we have, there's an interesting idea here. An episode of birds alerting humans of paranormal activity. I mean, we can do that with all the animals because there's so many stories of animals doing this. When I saw people walking their dogs, this comforted me enough to go back in. The front door was open, but I figured I might have forgotten to close it when I ran out. I went to the kitchen to check on Dexter, but he wasn't in his cage. I felt sick again. All my windows were closed, so I looked everywhere inside. When I walked to the bathroom, I heard splashing. Dexter was half drowned in the toilet. I took him out, washed him and tried him. I was so confused. At 8 a.m., I called the landlord and gave her a watered-down version of the night. And she said, oh, wow, you heard the whispering, too. This bitch-ass landlord. I stayed in that apartment for another 18 months. I heard the whispering on a few occasions, and twice the board covering the hole in the ceiling moved. Although I live somewhere else, the landlord recently called. She said that her new tenants had begged to speak with me about some of the stuff that's been going on there. I said, forget it. It's their problem now. The real villain in this story is the landlord. I was thinking it was a guy that left his pet Bud budgie, budgie to yeah. drown and be drowned in the toilet by a demon. Yeah, but the real, the who keeps leasing out this place knowing that there's evil, creepy children in the attic that say, it's your turn. Somebody that has to feed their children? No. 
I mean, that's what it boils down to. I know, but okay. Like, it's this. Do you think there's at least, like, you can kind of find out here in, like, the Midwest and shit on the realtor sign? It said, definitely not haunted. That's pretty funny. Or in this case, it'd have to say haunted or possibly haunted. Like, do you think they charge less for it? Is there something or is it just realtors being realtors? I think in some places they don't want to put that out there. But now, if you have a haunted place, somebody Mm. will come along and pay extra money for it. Yeah, they'll be like, wait, there's a ghost in here? Wait, there's children in the attic and they sing it's your turn? Didn't somebody, like some YouTuber, buy a a house where it was either a house where people got murdered in or there were ghosts and they he bought it and yes. he just burned it down or something or tore it down oh that that wasn't a youtuber that was uh zach baggins i believe oh, okay the paranormal bitch boy is that what you call him that's what i call him yeah he's he i think it's the ghost adventures dude or whatever but... i kind of know who he is and i know more from doing research who he is because yeah. pe- people on reddit don't like him oh yeah no i mean it's the same with most like paranormal shows where it's like there's never any evidence it's always just them telling you what that that little speaker box is is actually saying and then all of a sudden there's, you hear it there's that but like you hear like a bump and they're like oh my god and they everyone points their flashlights down the hallway to see nothing and they're like oh god that's definitely a spirit i can feel it are you guys feeling that is it cold in here in each episode they have to run down a hallway all nervous mm-hmm. even though they for the trailer of it yeah, yeah. they went through all the all the effort of bringing in all their equipment and yeah getting permission to stay at this place overnight mm. and the first time they hear a bump they want to run around i know every scared. trailer hasn't been like i'm out of here i can't do this anymore and then the next week they're like i'm still technically here but now i'm out do you think actual ghost hunters look at those shows like we look at most reality tv yeah but i think it's the same way that normal people watch regular reality tv i think ghost people watch these shows as like a cringe moment like a cringy guilty pleasure because i've never met someone who's actually like i really love ghost adventures they'll say i watch ghost adventures i'm entertained by ghost adventures but no one's ever like i fucking love ghost adventures you know is it bad that i've never watched it no because i actually have never watched it fully yeah it's well, it's a show that you watch and you're like, oh, this is the run of the mill standard ghost show. Interesting. Remember when you had me when I came over that one day and you had me watch a different reality ghost show? I think it was Kesha. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Kesha <laughs> has her own ghost show, which that's that was at least kind of funny. I like funny paranormal shows because, and that's what we do here. Like we just kind of make light of everything, but also have a serious undertone of this shit's real. Yeah, don't fuck with it. But the people that are like strictly like I'm not even going to go into details, but there's a ton of podcasters, even in our loop, that are just too serious with everything and they take it too far and then everything's crazy and everything's a conspiracy and then everything's falling apart around them. And don't get me wrong, I believe a lot of that, but I don't ever take it to the extreme of most people, I guess. I keep my wits about me. I just find humor in a lot of a lot of normal things. That is true. And waking up. Hilarious, dude. I got to tell you a story about today because it was weird. Okay. And it's it's almost ghost related. And does it fit with the sleep with the lights on theme? It might. Well, there you go. So, you know, on when we record, we wake up early. You you wake up early all the time, but this is extra early for me. Yes. So I'm I my first alarm goes off and I'm laying there. I'm super tired because mm-hmm. I'm in bed late. And then we were out doing stuff yesterday. Yeah, we had many adventures yesterday. Yeah. And then so I'm super tired and I'm laying there. So I hit my snooze alarm and felt like something, a hand on my hip. And I'm like. Weird. Yeah. I'm like, that's kind of weird. Like, maybe I should get up. Maybe that's, that's what that is. And that's then I'm a like, sign. wait a second. So I'm sitting there for like three or four minutes thinking there's a hand on my hip. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just like, this is really weird. 
And then finally, I'm like, uh, this is too weird. There's no hand on my hip. And when I stood up, I like felt it like brush off my hip. Yeah. It wasn't just like it wasn't there and I was imagining it. It, it wasn't felt, like some phantom feeling. Like you actually felt it go down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was like, maybe my butt cheeks asleep or something. Yeah. I don't know. My butt cheeks imagining some loving. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, it was it was weird. And I'm not saying it's a ghost, but it felt like something was touching me that sh that mm. was not there. That has happened. It's interesting that you say that because that has actually happened a couple times to me in this house. Mm -hmm. And it's always been when I'm putting Atlas down for a nap. Uh like in the afternoons, I'll put him down for a nap in our bed and I'll kind of lay next to him until he falls asleep. And there's been two different times China has been gone and I'm putting him down for a nap and I'm expecting her to be home soon. And so when I feel like a hand on my shoulder, I think, oh, she must have just come to check on us. Like literally there's one time I was putting him down and like physically, I, you know what a hand feels like. Obviously, you just experienced it. Yeah. Like You know exactly what a hand feels like when it's touching you. And I felt this hand on my back and kind of just like almost like you're like a sympathetic like like brushing like someone like oh it's okay buddy you know but i remember sitting there and be like oh china must have come home and i'd be like wait i didn't hear the garage i was like well, maybe she used the front door i was like you know what i just turned around i was like there's nothing there it's fine it's but, the spirit of a of a relative coming to, to visit the child that's really all i could think because i'm like you know what there's uh no real explanation for a demon walking up to my back and just setting his hand on it and if that's what they do, then that's a weird choice on their part. I didn't feel any talons. That's not a demon the way it touched you. Yeah, it's not like... Yeah, it's like a, it's like a loving thing like, hey, you're not alone. I'm here for you. This, you know? this one felt like, hey, maybe you should sit up because you're going to fall asleep. Mm. That's what I felt. And at first I was half asleep. Yeah. But I laid there for a minute and then I forgot about it. And I'm like, wait, it's still touching me. Yeah. And I'm like, I should sit up. And I sat up and then I felt it. So when I first started, I was half asleep. By the mm. time I actually sat up a couple minutes later, you I were was awake. Yeah, but not scared. I was just like, that's really weird. Very and strange. I didn't really like believe anything until I, until I felt like it slide off. And then I'm like, okay, that was really weird. Scott. Well, we'll see if you get like a phone call in the next day or so if someone in your life has passed on or something. Wouldn't that be weird? That would be weird. I hear those stories too. Those are kind of freaky. I always, I expect one of those calls all the time lately anyway. So yeah. it would be even weirder. True. But it's good that you experienced that. Everyone celebrate. Episode 150. We did it. Took 150 episodes for Christian to feel a hand on his ass. I mean, it's, I've been waiting a long time, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty lonely. <laughs> no, that's, uh, I've been waiting for this moment all my life. I can't wait to go back home and crawl into bed again. Patrick Swayze, is that you back there? No. I was hoping for Demi Moore, but she's not a ghost yet. Too bad. Too bad. Anyway, this next one is called My Abuela and La Llorona. The, gram and from... the grandmother and La Llorona. Yes. Yeah, I like how you didn't translate La Llorona, but you translated the grandmother. Well, I could be like, my grandmother and the demon. That'd be close enough to La Llorona, wouldn't it? I don't think so. I think La Llorona means something else. Not if you're a Christian. Everything oh, like that's a God. demon. Oh, God, Christian. You and your Christian talk. And this is from Glad Lingenberry, 722. I want a separate, like themed thing christian talk and then have it be totally we do we do have a podcast that's in the works after things take off when we quit our jobs uh that is relationship advice which is going to be very fun but we had that idea before a very popular comedian and his brother like a few months after we had that idea they put together another show that is exactly that and i'm like you sons of so either way we're going to do it because your boy doesn't sit down all right i have great relationship advice. and that's the beautiful thing about it is maybe he does but probably not 
So it's probably just going to be like, hey, happy wife, happy life. And then the end. I mean, but, that's half the battle right there. That is. Anyway, this is my grandmother's story. She is from Puebla. It will be from her perspective. When I was a young girl, around eight or nine, my mother always asked me to get water from the river outside. I didn't like it, but I listened to my mother and always did it. One night, it was very dark outside, so I begged my mother not to make me do it, but we were low on water and we had to prepare for a party. I walked outside and as I was getting water, I heard a woman crying. I looked to my right and saw the back of this woman holding her hands and her face sobbing. I felt bad for her, so I put my bucket down and went up to her and said, Senora, está bien? She stopped and turned around and moved her hands from her face and gestured her hand to come towards her with the other still covering her face. I stepped forward and she moved her hand to reveal eyes with no pupil and a pale white face with yellow teeth. She screamed at me and I ran, grabbing my bucket. I woke up the next morning thinking it was a nightmare and went to the kitchen. My mother was in there and, and no one else so I assumed they were asleep. She turned to me and saw how scared I looked. She bent down and gave me a hug and whispered in my ear, I saw her too. From then on, only my brothers got the water from outside. That's creepy. That is creepy. The mom's like, hey, go out and get this water because I'm afraid. And I made you, so you have to do my bidding. Maybe the mother wasn't thinking quite like that. Maybe she was like, this is one of the kids' chores. Back in the day, in places like this, where we didn't have water coming out of the faucets, somebody had to go get it. And someone's going to see La Llorona. And unfortunately, I feel a little guilty because my daughter, I made my daughter go do it when she was scared and she saw this scary thing. I thought you were saying that first. I'm like, wait, what? You didn't have running water? I think maybe La Llorona means the wailing lady. I can't. I can't. We've talked about honestly, it. I don't remember. remember. Yeah. That we've was, talked about a lot of shit. It's 150 are, episodes, yeah. man. It's 150 episodes ago. Who knows? And some of these, sometimes these, these ghosts and demons blend together. And we just hope that they don't blend together in the spiritual realm and come get us. Yeah. We don't want to pass into the spiritual realm for a second. What I should have done is grabbed sound bites from every season so far and just made like a compilation paying homage to your weird phrasing for the last four years. You can add that to the extra music or exit music. Extra. Anyway, this next one is from the best name I've ever seen. Shaquille Oatmeal. 97. I still wouldn't eat it. And it's called The Mimic. Ooh, we love mimics. We do. About two weeks ago, I've been getting stuck in my dreams. No matter how hard I try to wake up, it's nearly impossible. I wake up feeling drained or like I'm waking up from anesthesia after approximately 10 to 13 hours of sleep. Normally I only sleep six to eight. My dreams tend to take place from when I was younger, but in an eerie and unsettling way. Anyways, that's what my dreams have been like no matter at night or during a nap. My older sister said last week she was walking down the hall past my room my door was open and normally my door naturally shuts almost closed. And she noticed out of her peripheral, something was walking in my room at the same pace as she was. And she originally thought it was me, but she noticed it was looking at her as if trying to figure out how to walk properly. And she also noticed it looked like me, but when I had long hair and my hair hasn't been long since 2019. She saw it twice in one day, and she says it seemed to be trying to mock how she was walking, but she ignored it, 
and saw me in the kitchen where she told me she just saw this figure in my room. Now, last night, I stayed at my boyfriend's house and texted my younger sister whose room is across from mine to make sure my bedroom door was closed shut for me, but her phone was on do not disturb. She got home and started walking down the hall to get to her room. She said she was being kind of loud with her keys banging against her hydro flask which would normally irritate the shit out of me if I'm trying to sleep. She said she heard my door open and as she was walking near her bedroom door she heard a whisper say, what are you doing? And obviously she assumed it was me being irritated that she was being loud and so she looked up moving her hair out of her face that prevented her from seeing my bedroom door in the first place and that's when she realized my door was open but no one was there. She hurried to her bathroom and opened her text and that's when she saw 20 minutes prior I had just asked her to close my door because I wasn't home. She was super freaked out and we began FaceTiming. My boyfriend was making jokes about it and I told him to stop because I didn't want him to mock whatever it was. Soon after that FaceTime call ended, I told my boyfriend that her phone probably died but right after she texted me saying, did your phone die? And I told her, no, I thought yours died. There wasn't a call failed pop up on the screen, just both ends beeped as if the other hung up. The energy in my room has been unsettling like someone is watching me. My sleep has been more abnormal than usual and when I do wake up, something pulls me back to deep sleep. What could this be that's mocking me and why is it trying to imitate me? I can't find anything online what this could be, so this forum is my last resort for answers. Please tell me anything you may know about this. Is it a demon? Just a curious spirit? It's, Any help is appreciated. It's definitely a demon walking around the room saying, look, I'm a human. Yeah, big human. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking weird, man. In my in my way of thinking, it's just completely entertaining that this thing would be mimicking. Maybe it's trying to take over. Like, isn't that what doppelgangers do? Like, if you see your own doppelganger or something, isn't that like an omen of death? I've heard it is. But... So what if this thing's just like trying to build up enough energy to fully turn into this woman, kill her off, and then take over her life? I mean, sounds like a good plan to me. For, I mean, if that's your end game, yeah, it's the only plan. I mean, isn't that what demons do? Like the bad ones are the ones that make it obvious that they're yeah. they're they're in somebody, and then the the exorcist comes along and ruins everybody's fun. Yeah, and they're just projectile vomiting all over the room. Yeah, nails and nails, beetles, cussing, and mm. you yeah. know all that kind of weird stuff that we've all grown accustomed to. That is true. We have grown accustomed to it, especially on this podcast, Christian. You swear like a sailor. <laughs> and I gotta be honest, it's not very professional. It is not. I've been working on it. If we're ever gonna get those ad that ad monies, probably not gonna have to swear. Unless we get, you know, uh, we'll probably end up with the same people, blue chew, like everyone else that swears. Blue chew, manscaped. Yeah, here's your dick pills and shaving equipment. Enjoy. Like, hey, thank you. That's how you start, though. You start off with that kind of stuff, and then... Then eventually, Simply Safe is like, I guess people that swear can also have protected homes. Yeah. Or what is it? There's like a boxu, which is Japanese snacks. They'll yeah, that seems like right up our alley. Yeah, I hear it's good. I bet you would. I'm surprised it wasn't Germanic snacks. Um, European snacks don't They're always, pretty bland. Yeah, unless you're like in Switzerland or something like that. And then chocolate. Yeah. I got you. You, you get what I'm laying down? Yeah. So what do you think about this doppelganger? You think that's a cool thing to experience? That would not be a cool thing to experience if it could happen. Has anyone ever seen your doppelganger? 
Have you ever gotten a text asking if you were somewhere? Never. No? Remember that time, uh, it was in Eagle River again. Like, I got a text from China asking if I headed home early or something like that. And I was like, yeah. no. She was like, oh, I just passed you in your car. I'm like, literally sitting at my desk at work. So, and my car is very distinct. Yeah, it is. Very noticeable. You know exactly it's me. And it's not because it's loud and I'm an asshole. It's not loud at all, but it looks like it would be. Especially in e Eagle River. I know. Eagle River, you pretty much see the same cars over exactly. and over again. So it's weird that she saw it on her drive to work. Yeah. Man, that that's just weird. Doppelganger stuff always throws me for a loop. Mimics the whole nine. But that's not what we're here. Alternate dimensions, which to me is a fascinating take on any kind of ghost story. True. Yeah. Just slipping into a different dimension for a moment. Why can't there be rips in the fabric of space and time? You know? I mean, according to the people that study that, there probably is. That's true. All right. So to close this out, I've got a story from Lee Brickley from his book, Scary But True, Ghost Stories from Around the World. And this is The Cardiff Clown. The what? The Cardiff Clown. Interesting. Clowns terrify millions of people around the world every single year. Myself included. And me. To some, they are funny children's entertainers who can produce balloon animals and slapstick humor, but to others, clowns speak to the depths of their phobias and fears. There could be good reasons for that if the following story is to be believed. Human clowns might not scare your pants off, but clowns from beyond the dead are a different matter altogether. In 1964, Cardiff in South Wales... Wait, wait, wait. You said human clowns do not scare your pants off. But they do. Well, they're trying to... They're trying to laugh your pants off. Take your pants off. Wow. Okay. Different okay. direction entirely. I mean, that's just like John Wayne Gacy. Mm. Yeah. Well, if you want to take it in an entirely different direction, sure. We don't normally do true crime, but there but you go. We, but we just did. We dipped our toe into it for a brief moment. John Wayne Gacy watched us dip our toe into it. Wow. So anyway, Cardiff in South Wales was an up and coming city with a thriving entertainment scene. The Beatles played at the Capitol Theater and the swinging 60s were in full flow. But at the same time, all of this was going on, residents from an area in the south of the city called Splot, Splot, let that sink in, were reporting scary happenings with increasing frequency. Splot is one of the less affluent areas of Cardiff, but it has a beach and people there usually live quiet lives. However, in 1964, that all changed. Reports from the Times show that local residents in the Splot area made more than 200 calls to police complaining about a freaky clown that was traumatizing their neighborhood. The callers described a range of incidents that included everything from the clown appearing at their windows to somehow gaining access to their homes. The local police were stumped and no matter how many patrols they sent into Splot were never able to identify a culprit. This reminded me of, do you remember like a handful of years back, all the creepy clown sightings there were. I'm glad that phase passed. That was just random people in different cities holding balloons, standing at, ah, oh, man, fucking society, dude. Weird. No, don't blame it on society. Clowns are traumatizing. I know, but it was like an outbreak of people actually being chased by creepy clowns. And like, do you remember, like, you remember that, right? It kind yeah. of faded into oblivion, but I'm sure there's a lot of people listening back. Like, Holy shit, I remember that happening too. And I'm sorry for reminding everyone. Just be, be careful when you see a red balloon. Yeah, especially if you drop your paper boat into a gutter somewhere. We all float down here. That's true. So there is some optimism. In shit, though. they didn't. He should have ended the sentence with in shit. We all float in shit down here. 
Dorothy Cosmo was one of the residents who called the police on more than one occasion. The first time she saw the clown with her own eyes was at around 8 o'clock one evening when she was washing dishes in the kitchen sink. Usually, she washes dishes in the living room. No, just kidding. That I thought you were going to say it. when her husband tells her to. Oh, wow. Because it's Christian, back in the day. Hey, not all of us think like you, okay? It's back in the day. Not all of us are just sexist misogynists. Some Ethel, of us think women are great. Ethel, I want my sandwich, I want my cigarette, my beer, and the dishes washed. Why is her name Ethel? Because it's like the 60s. You couldn't have gone with like Gertrude or something? Anyway, <laughs> the young woman happened to glance out of the window to see a rather frightening looking clown standing in her back garden. They had green hair, a white face, big red lips. Ooh. Oh, hey there, big clown. Ooh. Polka dot trousers. Hey, now, my son's getting involved. Well, no, he likes... He likes socks, not trousers. Polka he's not dot a, socks. Yeah, he's not a little pervert. But, and oversized shoes. Oh, well, hey there, Mr. Clown. Some Ooh. people have a thing for, for we feet. Know. Yeah, we know big what big feet means. We don't, we don't big judge. Big red nose, right? It's like Rudolph. But it didn't look like any normal clown. It looked evil. Dorothy's eyes met with those of the clown who slowly curled a weird, crooked smile and began to wave. It's the first clown move. Her first instinct was to alert her husband and make sure her children were safe. By the time her husband, Ralph, came into the kitchen, Ralph, classic, the clown disappeared without leaving a trace. Ralph could see by the expression on his wife's face that she did genuinely witness something frightening, and he decided that to calm down, she should finish making a sandwich no, I'm just kidding. That's not in there, Christian. I know you'd love that misogynist shit, but I'm not going to do it, okay? And he decided that he should notify the police like a good husband, Christian. Wow. Not a Neanderthal sandwich-loving man. You know, the difference here is we're in Australia. No. No. So aren't we? We're in Australia. Is that where Wales is? Oh, never mind. We're in Cardiff, mm. Wales. We're not anywhere near. We're nowhere near Australia. Australia. If we were in America, they wouldn't have called the police. They would have got their gun. And like, hey, Ralph, go grab that the old pea shooter. And Ethel would have been like, I've told you a million times, Ralph, you can't shoot demons and ghosts. He said, it doesn't stop me from trying. And Ralph's like, this is Texas, we can shoot anything. Anyway, the second time that household got in touch with law enforcement was around a month later. There were stories circulating in the community about many other families with similar experiences by this point. And so Dorothy and Ralph were making an effort to be extra vigilant. Maybe that's why they noticed their intruder before it was too late. Dorothy had just put her children to bed when she heard screaming coming from their bedroom. She ran down the corridor and opened the door to see the children were no longer alone in their beds. The evil clown had somehow entered the house and was standing in the corner holding the bright red balloons and what looked like blood dripping from its mouth. Just what you want to see. Stephen King all of a sudden show up? Probably. Yeah, he's in the corner writing about it. Ralph heard the commotion and followed his wife into the bedroom to witness the same sight. The parents grabbed their children and ran out of the house as fast as their legs could carry them. The neighbors next door rang the police on their behalf, but when they finally arrived and searched the house, the clown was gone. There were dozens of similar experiences reported by the residents of Splot during the following months culminating in the disappearance of an innocent 10-year-old child who vanished from her family home, never to be seen again. This is the movie It. There are many theories as to the origin of these sightings and whether or not the clown in question was alive or dead. Was it some kind of depraved psychopath running rampage around Splot, or was it something even more sinister? The answer has since become clear. In 1997, Susan Cosmo, daughter of the late Dorothy Cosmo, and witness to the clown in her home, told her side of the story for the first time. 
The woman, who was in her mid-30s, offered a little more information about the events that happened in her family home on that evening back in 1964. She said the clown appeared as if by magic in her bedroom and she saw it with her own eyes. One minute it wasn't there and the next it was. The woman also revealed something her parents failed to notice at the time, and that was that the clown was not standing on the floor. Instead, its oversized shoes were hovering around six inches from the ground. We all float in here. We all float in here, yeah. Clowns just like to float, a lot of float talk going on. She also claims to have seen the monster in her nightmares many times since and that it has never gone away. When Susan made that announcement publicly, other people who lived in Splot at the time began to share their stories too. Many of them were startlingly similar. Almost everyone who went through an experience involving the clown appearing in their bedrooms went on to have nightmares about the entity. 95% of them still had those scary dreams and in most instances, they involved being chased and then bitten by the clown. Susan even claims she once woke up from her sleep with bite marks on her leg. Digging a little deeper, it turns out there is one possible explanation for the strange sightings and encounters that plagued the people of Splot back in the 1960s. A local man called David Neath remembers a frightening story told to him by his grandfather just before he died. It involved a local man who escaped from Whitchurch Mental Hospital in the summer of 1928. David's grandfather suggested the man had been locked up for attempting to abduct children. He worked as a clown in Cardiff, but struggled to earn enough to make ends meet. That's why he went a little crazy and started hanging around local playgrounds and outside schools wearing his clown uniform. I'd say costume and not uniform, but that's just me. It wasn't long before the man was committed and sanctioned by the authorities. He was never supposed to be allowed in public again, but two years later, he somehow escaped and there was a manhunt. The psycho was eventually found dead wearing his old clown costume and splot. David believes it is possible that the crazy clown man was no doubt captured and killed by local police who didn't want to hand him over alive. He then came back one last time to haunt the friends and relatives of those who caused his death in 1964. Somehow, the malevolent clown entity managed to imprint itself in the minds of their children as a means of preservation. So even though he's gone, he's not really gone. The monster lives on in the memories of those and it will all in the memories of those people and it will follow them to the grave just as their parents and grandparents followed it to its grave. Ask anyone in Splot about the clown today and you'll hear a million wild and mysterious claims about sightings all the way up until modern times, but few of them are backed up oh. by any evidence. The story told here actually happened and it's scary as hell. Now, tell me that's not 100% Stephen King. Like, he used that exact as, like, I mean, this is the basis of me writing the trilogy or the It books or whatever it is. Seems like it. Also, it also part of that story also seems kind of like the inspiration for Freddy Krueger. A little bit. Yeah, I can see that. Sticking with you that's because creepy, the people though, killed. Dude. Yeah. No, that's too much. Anything with a clown is too much. Yeah. You had me at clown. I know. Oh, maybe we should ask our listeners. Do you guys want a full episode on creepy paranormal clown stories? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. we don't want to do it. We're not going to do it. So stop. I would, no. I, would do, I would do it for the listeners. Yeah, I would do it for the Vine, but that hasn't been popular for a while. Um, Yeah, so what do you think about that story? I, don't, I still don't like clowns, especially ones that show up in the middle of the night with sharp teeth. 
I agree. And blood floating. I know. You'd think that floating six inches off the ground would be a noticeable... I mean, I guess if you're like filled with adrenaline, you see a clown in your children's bedroom, you're not going to be like, wait a second, are you floating? You're going to be like, get these kids out of here immediately. Well, a lot of times your eyes go go toward the predator's face to look yeah. at their eyes and their teeth. Yeah, you're not looking Instinctively, down. Instinctively, yeah. He's like, excuse me, my eyes are up here, sir. Yeah, that is kind of creepy. That's just floating six inches off. The fact that she says, yeah, I remember that. It appeared there like magic. It didn't break into the home. It didn't do any of that. It just appeared there. That's almost a story we need to look into a little bit more. Because I have heard that story before. I didn't know where it was at, but I'd heard that story. It sounds vaguely familiar, but terrifying, man. Like, ugh. It would be interesting to look a little bit more into Splot. Splot. I am Splot, Brute's cousin. Yes. Just a puddle. Just a seed, man. No, he's a, he's a puddle. Splot. Oh, I get it. Yeah, you get it. Groot is Root with a G. I got he's a the original gangster Root. I got a different way of thinking of Splot. It's a seed that was dropped by a, a flying bird with excretions from its lower regions, and then when it hit the car, it went Splot. You get what I'm laying down? I feel like in this story, the bird is laying it down, but I also think wildly too detailed you know what i mean yeah probably like maybe just maybe a little too far maybe just splot why why did they name the town splot because it's just a splot on the map probably and it's probably like we're making fun of it as being splat but it's probably has it probably has totally it's actually pronounced splot welcome to splot you assholes this is you're not even speaking gaelic right or whatever language old ancient language or old language from that region it would be Splout. Anyway. That sounds almost German or Austrian. Yeah, yeah, you'd love that, wouldn't you? That sounded a little Austrian. Oh, he abstained from the soundboard. I was going to hit a button. I decided not to. Anyway, that wraps up uh, part one with Sleep With The Lights On. Again, be sure to subscribe on YouTube where the future episodes are going to be dropped. They're going to take a little bit of time to edit once they're even filmed. So it's not... It's probably going to be at least a few months before we see the next volume. But just know that it's in the chamber. We're working on it. Shout out to everyone that's been with us for the last 150 episodes. We hope you have enjoyed the Freaky Deaky. And if you just started on the episodes, we're we're glad to have you. Yeah, welcome to the show. If you are new to the show, or if you haven't, if you're like a kind of hang out in the corners in the background, don't interact or anything like that, please do us a favor. Just review the show. Give us a five-star rating. You don't have to say anything. You can just rate it and move on with your life. Or if you want to add something funny in there, feel free. We really do appreciate you guys helping us grow the show out. And that is one of the main ways that we expand the Freaky Deaky or Freak Nation, as I have called it in the past. Follow us on social media at Freaky Deaky Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Send us an email if you have your own freaky stories or if there's topics you want us to discuss or slide into the DMs wherever you're following and we'll get in touch with that way too. Episode 150 in the books. We did it. Next up. 151 151 not to ruin the surprise for everyone but it's coming in hot. i just was pretending like i was the count for a minute 151 bacardi uh, uh, uh. no it's fine i feel like there's something else i was going to add here but i can't remember so and we have to close it out so the end we'll see you right back here next week on the freaky deaky goodbye juice i'm closing my chocolate factory forever in this case the chocolate factory is the season format of the freaky deaky and we're opening our chocolate factory to the episodic goodbye